Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Good evening everyone, and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Tonight I have three members of my firefighting family with me. I have Ash, Hello. Scott, Hi there. and Kev's back. Hello. Yay, Yay. Kev's back. Get it, Kev's back. Yeah, <laughs> Kev got a bad back. <laughs> I'm a cyborg now. <laughs> um, Until Friday and then I get the staples out. Oh, well, there you go. Nice. That's not too bad. Kev went in for operation <laughs> and he is all hunky-dory now, which is great. So we should have him back pretty soon. So um, we're going to go on today and we're going to talk about uh, the name of this episode, actually. Thanks to Scott, is Winter is Coming. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we're fine if we do it that way. You can hum it. There's no infringement. You can hum it. So, um, really badly, there's definitely no infringement. Yeah. So, we're going to discuss uh, all of the different changes and things that we prep for as kind of fall and, and winter comes. And Ash, we're going to start with you. So, do you want to give us just a quick thing of maybe some things that we might might be dealing with as it comes up? To, obviously, the normal the mm-hmm. things that we might be dealing with a little bit more. Things that we should be noticing. Yeah, you bet. So when we uh, start to transition out of um, wildfire season, um, getting into fall, getting into winter, uh, with the changing in temperature, uh, changing in uh, season, we we start to see more chimneys getting fired up, uh, people not uh, looking after their chimneys, obviously. We, this is... Uh, coming into really big chimney fire season with the uh, dropping in temperature. Uh, I know we, we have to be mindful of our equipment, uh, keeping all of our first outs topped up with water all summer. I mean, we're not quite there yet, but we definitely need to be mindful of, uh, you know, draining some of our equipment, draining our pumps when we get back to the station after calls on uh, our pumper trucks. That's really important. Um, obviously, again, with the change in weather comes snow. you got to watch for MVA. Uh, watch for responding to calls. Uh, you got to be mindful of that. Um, well, let's start with let's start with chimney fires. So, yeah. with chimney fires, um, obviously that is kind of the first the first set of calls that really come in as soon as things start to change. Those in MVIs tend to be the first that mm-hmm. we start to deal with. So, um, we have a few things on the trucks that we call chimney bombs. Does somebody wanted to explain what chimney bombs are? Yeah. Sounds exciting as it sounds. Sounds when I first heard about a chimney about a chimney bomb, I was like, "Where are these things?" <laughs> hey, bombs, <laughs> awesome yeah. bombs. <laughs> no, they're just Ziploc baggies with uh, like um, dry cam in it. Not even Ziploc baggies. Yeah, you actually the way to make a good chimney bomb is you find the crappiest sandwich bags you can find, and you put the um, dry cam from a fire extinguisher in it. Uh, so that way, what you do is when you go up to the on the roof and the chimney, whether it's still burning or not, you you can, if it's still burning, you drop the bag actually right down the chimney so the, the heat melts the bag. That's why you need the crappiest bags. Because if you have a good Ziploc bag, it's not going to melt. It's just going to fall in a big hunk to the bottom. So you get the crappiest bags you can find at the dollar store, and it'll, in theory, it should burst open on its way down and extinguish the fire. Um, now, sometimes we run into 
like the fire is kind of mostly out so maybe it's down a little deeper so you might actually have to rip it open and send the dry cam down because the last thing you want to do on a chimney especially if it's like an old like brick chimney um is spray water down it because what that's going to do is it's going to it's going to crack the chimney and obviously make it unusable if it's lined mm-hmm. uh, which means like it has a steel uh, like a pipe in the middle then you can put water in it but again a lot of times we don't know when we first get there so we just we, we start with the chimney bomb and they tend to work quite well mm-hmm. i find yep yeah. good yep. note for chimney bombs though do not leave them in your in your pants <laughs> like, do not leave them in your pants <laughs> no. pocket. Because, oh man. You can't well, your stuff. Well, I, I, this last season, because we had so many chimney fires this last season, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a little proactive. And I, I just had one sitting there. Oh man, went in there, like, grabbed my water, my, ex, my extrication gloves <laughs> yeah. or something. It's like, poof. Okay. Dry chem yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, I think, still to this day, it's <laughs> still lingering in the still pocket. Still lingering in my pockets, yeah. So. Nice. So don't keep them in your pockets, especially with the crappy bags. <laughs> you should have them somewhere on the truck. I think ours are next to our uh, our fire extinguishers, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. We got ours there. Um, little box of them. Yeah. 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 So we normally have our antenna truck um, and then just restock as you go through. They do help. They are useful. It's worth having on for mm-hmm. sure. It's definitely a cool little tool that you can <laughs> deploy. Um, and it's lighter than taking out an extinguisher with you on the roof. Yeah. And especially, like Ash is saying, in the winter, roofs get pretty slippery. Yes. So, and that's when these things happen. Let's actually talk a little bit about the dangers of getting up on roofs and maybe things you could just, just things that you should just look out for. Obviously, a lot of the time at these times of year, it's going to be covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe I think um, the one we went to on, on Main Street there, we positioned mm-hmm. a ladder leading up the side of, you know, side of the, the roof, and we just all stayed near the ladder with feet on. And made sure that we had some some good balance there. Any other tips that we can think of, just to assuming, maybe things people could think. I'm assuming of. it was a roof ladder you guys used. That was yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. That was a tin roof too, which didn't. Make oh, was that the picture of those? Yeah, the yeah. famous yeah. that looks like the yep. Iwo Jima flag. That's yeah. the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. Like a solid picture. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time on that chimney. That thing was like cram full. It was neglected. Yeah. 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 Well, the funniest thing with that one as well is the woman had literally just had it cleaned. Uh, sorry, just had an inspection was, the day before. I'm and the guy you. said, do not use that chimney. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Straight do not, use. do not use that chimney. Until you have it cleaned. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then. Try to clean it out with fire. Yeah. yeah. Fire gets rid of shit. Make, right? really make a big one. <laughs> what, I, what I thought you were actually going to say there is a woman just had it cleaned because. You can ask the old timers. Uh, nine times out of ten, what I personal will say when we go to a chimney fire, and I don't know if you guys have been near the homeowners. I just had it clean. Yeah, because a lot of you guys are, you know, you guys are usually up on the roof, but I've been around when the homeowner goes to talk to one of the officers or, you know, talks to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, first thing they say is, oh, I just had it cleaned. We're mm-hmm. like, really? Interesting. <laughs> they didn't just have it cleaned. No. They're just telling us that. they. I think they think it's like an insurance thing. No insurance if, but, uh, yeah, you didn't clean yeah. your chimney. Yeah, so what happened? The, the, the elf... The, the fairies came and dumped stuff in the chimney. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so safety on safety on roofs. Maybe just you know ice. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. if you're carrying any heavy equipment, up, be super super careful on your way up. Be mindful of everybody up there too. Like just be mindful of your buddies. Watch yeah. out for each other. Yeah. Watch footing. Yeah, it really doesn't take a lot to slip off of one of those things, and sometimes you're really, really high up, mm-hmm. really high up, and one second, and you're a goner. Why don't we take a second 
and talk about uh, pros and cons and our view on what uh, the regulations potentially are coming into play for being on a roof. Oh, let's hear it. Well, so there's been talk for a while mm-hmm. where you should be tying off. Oh. Yeah. It's... What are we tying off to? Yeah. The chimney. The, the chimney. Well, that's <laughs> the chimney the that's on fire. So there's got to be, they're, they're saying there should be um, fall protection anytime that we're doing work non-active, like if it's not a self-venting, if we're not going up to vent a fire, uh, something like that, a chimney fire that's not um, out of control by any means, it, it, there's talk where there should be fall protection. Talk as in like again, a BC regulation from... As in what, sorry? As in is like a BC regulation? Um, if, if, yeah. Like a Nova Scotia regulation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... Like any provincial regulation. A- any provincial, yes. <laughs> provincial absolutely. Um... Yeah, that's. Uh, it was brought up last last fall, actually, and it, it kind of got squashed. Not the last time we fell. <laughs> yeah, the last fall. The last fall. Last autumn. Good old, good old Ed. Yeah. Bye, Ed. He you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see what uh, what they have to say. I don't want to say positive. Sure, I mean any fall protection is great, but how do you envision a firefighter in? Um, full turnout in SCBA with tool or with whatever, how, how would you rig up some form of fault protection up on a roof? I guess like you're going to be tying yeah. yourself off what you said to the to the chimney. I mean, that's well, really the only thing that's going to be sturdy enough or safe, unless you do thing, some kind of ladder. The only, thing I, the only way I could think of is you take a rope and throw it over the other side of the pitch, mm-hmm. like the other side of the, the roof, yep. on the opposite side of the chimney, and then you have know, somebody down on that side. Right. basically belaying you. Mm-hmm. And then what if you pull that direction? Well, then, well that's what you want to go on that side. Right? Right? Then you stay you on the side on. of the yeah. of the roof, right? Yeah. So, but that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. We're, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there any regulations? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the dangers just, of firefighters? <laughs> Stop taking all the fun yeah. out of it. <laughs> right? But that, that came up. I mean, firefighting is becoming less and less dangerous. Yeah, we were talking about that this weekend. Exactly. Yeah. Not because it's becoming less dangerous, because people just aren't doing the dangerous things of firefighting. They're taking it all away from us with the regulations. And I mean, that's great. We all want to live. Everybody wants to go home. There's but also I mean, a certain... We still have to go inside and put a fire out. And that's the problem. A lot of the smaller departments are exterior, ones. and even some bigger ones are exterior-only departments. And again, we've said once before... It's not a knock on those departments. They might not have the manpower or the training or the or the equipment. But, I mean, for the people that do, there's risk versus reward. And there's, I mean, we don't want to put people in excessive harm's way. It's got to be a calculated risk. But, but we I can't mean, be like search and rescue, sitting there basically saying, well, that person's put themselves in, in harm's way. Right, yes. Not put yourself in harm to save that person. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know SAR is very much I mean we are we follow the same us like me us our shit mm. you and your shit mm. in that order um where SAR is very us 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 like some of our stuff right the mm. rest of our stuff I mean, the victim is the victim the very, is very very, very at the bottom right. mm. um where us I mean we we are more far far more um concerned with completing the objective rather than just like oh well as long as we're safe we just all have a lot of water and big pressure and we'd stand back and 
yeah. soak the fire if, if that was our mentality. Well, there's a certain level of risk mm-hmm. when you start that you know you're getting your, putting yourself yeah. into. Like any other job, like police know they're, you know, police know they're there's a chance probably, they're gonna get shot at. Yeah, there's a chance you're gonna get probably shot at more than anybody else. Well, maybe mm-hmm. other than a soldier. Right. So you're putting yourself in this risk. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't take it all away. Yeah. Um, there's a time to do it, yeah. and uh, if you take it away, then what's the point of even having firefighters? Yeah. They become fire watchers. Have a truck. <laughs> where do you draw the, the monitor and yeah. sit back and drink coffee? I guess where do you draw the line then? Would it be, is the are those regulations more for the volunteer departments versus the career departments? I don't think so. No, I don't like that's yeah. Like yeah, no. The I, I think uh, a lot of it, like even when we were doing this course this weekend, we were doing an officer training course, which we'll probably talk about in a couple podcast from now mm-hmm. um a lot of it has to do with the unions and, and like a lot because you know we're volunteer but so a lot of these chapters are on union and and uh things like that so yeah it's a lot about safety and a lot about regulations and, and like again i don't want to knock safety but we're firefighters and that's what we do is fight fires it's in the name mm-hmm. fighting involves like being somewhat aggressive <laughs> and putting the thing out fire and, watchers yeah, fire watchers. Like, oh, I mean, if we, you know, like we were talking, if we, if we sit too long and let the fire burn, eventually someone has to go into that structure. Right. So the sooner you get in there, the more likely that the the building's gonna be, um, like still stable. Still structured, stable. Like if you wait for three hours while it's burning and put a bunch of water from the outside and then you go in, oh, let's go in now. That's that's when you know that's when collapses happen. That's right. So it's like, eh, it's never gonna be safe. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we discussed as well before. Some of those departments are exterior only because the because the the the, the let's say the district makes yeah. yes. them be that way. They're not allowed. They're not right. trained to go inside. They're not meant to go inside. Yeah. It's put the fire out from the outside of the building, mm-hmm. and it goes back to that initial uh, our second episode there where we were talking about training tactics of what used to be of mm-hmm. pouring water on the roof. Oh, the water's gone through. Great. Now we've got water on the fire. So kind of a yeah. Yeah. mentality, and it is a shame because again, wait until it self ventilates and then yeah. pour and water I, through the hole. Yeah, yeah. There's a hole now. And again, this weekend we were talking to the art instructor who's um, with. He's kind of helping those other departments in our area that aren't doing interior right now to get to that level to mm-hmm. be interior. So it's definitely on the way. Yeah, let's get yeah. to you. Yeah, let's get Thankfully, to you. Thankfully, they they will one day have the ability to take their their training to the next level where they can go interior. It's good. Yeah, good. and they actually want to maybe use their burn building. Mm-hmm. Wicked. Which leads us to burn building in the winter. Yes. <laughs> Since we are on the winter episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing, the training in our area, because we're obviously in the summertime, our training is not focused a lot on a lot of fire. Because as we talked about previous episodes, we have a lot of grass fires, a lot of wildfires around here, and we cannot um, justify like cranking up a burn building in the middle of summer just out of the pure... like. Enjoying them? <laughs> no, no, uh, from the public. Oh point yeah, of view. yeah, yeah. The public, you know, we're, you can't burn. You can't have open fires. You can't even like. I think one of the uh, fire fire departments, local fire departments, actually on their outside of their building, it says you can't even fart in the woods. I think that's what it said. Yeah, yeah. something like that. It's so dry. Yeah. Don't even fart out. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you know, it's literally dry and hot. So we can't just light the burn building up. Mm-hmm. So as as winter approaches, our training section change. Our training section starts to flow differently, and now we're getting to live fire. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a lot of live fire stuff coming up. 
because um, it's much safer and and you know we were talking or well, we're going to be talking more about um, people are indoors now more and mm-hmm. the potential of structure fires is definitely I think it's greater in the winter because yeah. there's space heaters and there's uh, furnaces and there's wood fires yeah. candles candles yeah, um, right. Christmas time yeah, yeah. lights electric yeah. lights a big dry tree yeah. <laughs> in yeah. your living room yeah so we're getting we're definitely getting into that season um yeah. Well, then let's get back over to that. So we we kind of touched on chimney fires. So chimney bombs, good idea. Look into them. Yep. If you can make some for your for your trucks, great. Don't keep them in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one home. Um, yeah, don't keep them in your pocket. And then um, let's let's go on to the other thing. So kitchen fires tend to be another one on our list for this this coming set of few months, just because. People have a few drinks and they leave things in the oven or anytime they can do this. But normally around this time of year, this is a winter thing. Now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Normally around this time of year, we get like the Thanksgivings and somebody burnt the turkeys and now we're spending a day ventilating. But there's also some some bigger issues there. So anyone want to touch on that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think you just touched on most of it, but uh, the kitchen fires uh, definitely we're actually going to do a demo, I think, coming up for Fire Prevention Week. Mm-hmm. Which is coming up in October. Yep. Um, we're actually doing an open house in our training ground, but uh, we are uh, one of our demos we're going to try to emulate is is that whole water. grease fire and don't put water on a grease fire. I don't think we need to go into too depth into that because people generally know that. Yeah. But to see it live is is a thing is definitely mm-hmm. uh, more more so than just telling oh don't do this you know or someone watches a video oh that's crazy, but if, I think if we can emulate that in our real world. And get people to see it live, and then they'll yeah. really hit it hit home. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. Or those crazy <laughs> people that um, deep fried turkey, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty awesome, but yeah. uh, those will do the same thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> seen quite a lot of the YouTubes go very wrong doing the old fried turkey. <clears throat> yeah, get all wood decks. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right that's deep fried on my wood patio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, this is going to go well. under your wood patio on yeah. fire. It's <laughs> everywhere. Um, oh, speaking of wood, uh, in general, like ashes and, and fires, when you're cleaning out your fireplace, what kind of box are we going to put it in? Cardboard, cardboard box. box. Yay, yeah. cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to put it in a cardboard box. <laughs> or a plastic bucket, like Carrie said. <laughs> Carrie was yeah. relaying a story to us about a plastic bucket she oh, had and it almost cool. melted. So, uh, obviously a metal bucket or something along those lines, proper receptacle. Just put it outside right away, too. Yeah. yeah. And away from your house, because we've, we've had a few um, in the last few years that are near misses, I guess you'd call them. Because mm-hmm. um, a few, like, we've had some decks burning. Yep. And someone's inside their house, suddenly filled with smoke. They can figure out why. Burned a little bit of their um, the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those can turn very bad. I think my aunt actually burned down her house once. Like when I was little, right? Yeah, by by doing that, mm-hmm. by putting ashes in a cardboard box. So ashes definitely need to go out, and outside, away from the house, in a proper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, for the majority, I would assume that most people here listening are probably going to be our our side of the fence. They're going to be the firefighter guys. So maybe let's just touch on some of the things that we do or are going to be doing this time of year. 
just to reach out. I mean, the, the open house is one. So get yeah. the public involved is a great one. Yeah. The Grease Fire thing sounds like a phenomenal idea. Really show people why they should be afraid of something mm-hmm. that is, could, could potentially burn down their house and, and hurt everyone inside. The other sides of that too, of like, you know, with the, um, with the ashes and stuff, maybe just touch on those things. So things that we can tell the public, yeah, the ways public. we're going to contest them. Obviously, Kev will be probably hitting them through the book face and, mm-hmm. and things like that where we can. I think like with that uh, the fire prevention week if we're going to be doing some of those those yeah. rather exciting demonstrations Demos, we can yeah. get some good video of that some good content throw it together and mm-hmm. push it out there yeah my thought with fire prevention week is every each day we should almost have a uh, another tip and then maybe if we can find a interesting video or something to link on our on our what do you call it? book faces on the book face there's actually on the nfpa's website they have like they have leaflets they have all of these different things for yeah we kids can do better and... than nfpa though yeah. <laughs> yeah we absolutely can you can drop their stuff here's a link to this yeah but here's some here's, cooler here's stuff, some cooler stuff. <laughs> <laughs> here's some less dry things <laughs> NFPA. <laughs> They're never gonna carry's, us. Carrie's <laughs> Carrie's not here to defend him this time. True. Can we tie more knots in the winter? Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk about was the safety over overall of our crew, and there's various things that happen in the winter. Um, one thing we were just discussing before the podcast started was uh, one of our members actually fell on the ice pretty pretty hard. I, I, I believe it was his last fire ever. I mean, he was an older guy already, but I think that put him out. Um, we were going to a garage fire, and when we were stretching line, he slipped and fell on his back with uh, with the SCBA on and hurt it pretty bad. It wasn't Kevin. It was someone else. That's <laughs> not why he's uh, <laughs> you're at the hospital. <laughs> so there's that. You know, obviously, once you start, start spraying water at a structure fire, yep. that starts to create its own ice. And, um, and then another, uh, when something else that could happen is our, our packs will actually freeze up and you'll, you'll start noticing, oh, I got ice um, on me. I got ice on my regulators. Um, and then you can, your, your valves can either freeze open or freeze close, which causes issues. And then one thing I was telling you guys, uh, last practice, we we're doing some SCBA competency stuff was that. We were, on a, we were on a house fire once, and I, um, Spencer and I were actually on the second floor. And amazingly enough, this story isn't about almost killing Spencer. Like <laughs> most like of our stories are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we were actually on the second floor, and I remember Spencer's bell started ringing. And I, I normally uh, am about the same time as him. And I was thinking, oh, that's odd. I wonder why my bell is. And, and as I'm thinking that, my face mask sucked to my face because I was out of air. Totally out of air. So I quickly like i knew where the i knew where the escape route was so i i don't know if i signaled to spence i'd like to say i heroically signaled <laughs> that wasn't what he said i was like <laughs> gently on the shoulder I, no i pretty much pushed spencer out of the way <laughs> with my last breath <laughs> and uh found the hose line crawled down the hose line um found the flight of stairs and kind of slid down the stairs until i found some uh cleaner air and and took the regulator off and what had actually happened when I took the pack off later is uh, some of the material from the roof had fallen down on my back and a bunch of it got uh, clogged near the uh, bell, the low air bell, and it actually frozen there from the water mixing with the material. 
it froze in there and the bell actually froze shut so the bell wasn't ringing and i had been checking my uh my regulator through, you know what i mean my uh my air mm-hmm. and it just you know ran in there so it's a it's, it's it was a good reminder that i can tell people it's a good story to tell people yeah yeah mm-hmm. be mindful yeah mm-hmm. and it's good to say that like you know how much you consume yeah. on average you and Spencer are very similar. I mean, everybody consumes at their own pace. Um, you know, bigger people. Um, I mean, it's just, I think Carrie said the other day when we were sitting around talking, she's just, she's an air hog. And she's not, she's smaller, female, female frame. Um, but just gets in there. And <sighs> <laughs> she's not hyperventilating by any means, but where I, I will exert the smallest amount of effort and my breathing goes up. But it stays there the entire time. It doesn't get... Fit to be a captain. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> But yeah, so knowing, you know, being aware of how much you consume, being aware of, you know, maybe others around you, uh, when you're in there with uh, all these people for so many years, you start to realize... Um, like you say, yeah, you and Sensor are very, very similar. Uh, so being mindful of that and, and also checking is uh, um, super key in that situation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you learn from it. And hearing that story, um, I heard that because that was not much before I came on, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I heard it pretty early, pretty early on, and I am a lot more mindful than maybe I would have been having not heard that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And just a quick one on that is all buddy checks. Like, I know we do the buddy check when we're in the back of the truck. It's probably something we should even be considering while we're in there as well. Like, even if you've got a quick second, just take a quick look at somebody else's pack if you've got a minute, you yeah. know, while you're behind the guy on the <clears throat> line or whatever you're doing. Just, hey, you're good. Oh, you're you're getting low, man. Like, like yeah, our G1s, they even have the lights flashing. So when your air gets down, it flashes yellow, does it not? Oh, on the back, so, yeah, yeah. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. The new ones, so. yeah. We, we haven't really, you know, we haven't really went over the G ones as much. Like, yeah, I mean, we put them on. Obviously, we learned how to use them, but not extensively. But I believe that's what they do. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> Let's get to know. Um, and you know, they, we got the heads up displays. Um, I find they, yeah, I don't know, either ignore them or they sometimes, you know, and then the battery dies or, you know, sometimes you just don't notice it's there. So yeah, you know, it, all that stuff is good to have good to know but knowing your own body and knowing your, what you're yep. probably consuming mm-hmm. and when you actually you know when you think oh i should use a lot of air you should look mm-hmm. you should double check mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. it yeah just yeah. be mindful of hey i've been in here for a while now yeah yep. oh, yeah look at that and, and that leads you know while we're talking about winter still um we're pushing like pushing our equipment mm-hmm. seeing where our, our limits our boundaries can go on in this equipment because the equipment's probably i mean i'm gonna say it runs best in normal and normal environments but it's definitely designed to run in the worst mm-hmm. so that's why in training we, we, we push our equipment to the limit yep. so maybe in the winter when we do the burn building we should pour up some uh, i'll volunteer one of the rookies for this we'll pour some <laughs> maybe pour some water on uh on his scba and see if we can freeze it that's right <laughs> see yes. if we can freeze it shut Let's see what happens yeah. <laughs> what a dangerous environment <laughs> well maybe something yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I, that's the best time to do it, right? In, Absolutely in is. It's the best time to have fail, failure is, is training. Mm-hmm. Unless, well, yeah, it's the best time to have failure. Yeah. yeah. So... In a semi-controlled environment. In a semi-controlled environment. And also with our equipment, understanding how the trucks work. That's uh, right. In the, in the winter. Mm-hmm. 
Ash already talked about draining the pumps because you want you don't want to be driving to the call, get there, and the pumps not working or broken yeah. or yep. frozen. Big pumps, big water, big lines, small little valve freezes shut because it's away from everything else, and you go to move your lever and it's froze. Well, not just that too. Even even on the nozzle end, you know, you got to make yeah. sure you're you keep working that mm-hmm. and don't leave it. Like if you're doing if you're doing uh, pipe pole work or something, and you're you're dealing with roof and you're trying to get in there for a chimney mm-hmm. fire or whatever, you know, you got to keep working it because yeah. if you don't, yeah, it freezes up. Yeah, well, yeah, like we tell our new guys, you know, keep it partially open, let yeah. some water flow. Because you want that line to be, because I've seen mm-hmm. hoses freeze shut, like freeze solid, and you're like, yeah. oh, are we going to do that one? Because yeah. <laughs> now you got frozen water in there. Closer towards the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Come back in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on like, like going into the fire itself, you know, you're going from from extreme cold, and then you're going to interior attack. And, you know, one that's what I love dealing with it, when I love taking people in the burn building in, in the mm. winter. We go from extreme colds and we go into the burn building and suddenly everyone can't see. And they're like, oh my God, it's really smoky in here. And it's like, well, no, it's just the condensation. Instant. Yeah. Like just, you know, and it just keeps happening. So that's one thing. That's why I like the burn building because yeah. it gets guys used to just, oh, no, no, it's not that bad. I can just wipe, mm-hmm. wipe my mask. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those things just even know that's what happens when you, mm-hmm. when you go from those environments. Yeah, even the fog ups and stuff on the inside too. A, a good tip for anyone new who hasn't really been in that situation yet is on your regulator, there's, uh, I can't remember what the, the, the thing's called. The purge there's valve? Purge valve. valve. Yeah. yeah, just twist your purge valve and it will burst some air um, on the inside of the, the mask and it will mm-hmm. really help clean that up uh, pretty quickly. And it's a very small minor piece of air, yeah. which will really help. And uh, you know, I didn't know right at the very beginning. It took me about a month or so to kind of figure that piece out. Yeah. And I was told someone told me, and it was it changed everything at that point. It was way easier. Yeah. Does does burn through your air a little bit more? But it does. Oh, yeah. for sure. It does. Yeah. But being able to see for that. Oh, extra that's very period, important. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not like I've found you don't have to like. You can either crack it and just let it free flow for a minute yeah. while you're keeping everything clean. What I usually do is just a quick burst. Yeah, that's and what I've been doing. It just floods your face with fresh air. Mm. Um, and it's gone like that. You clean, you know, wipe off the outside and you're good good to go. Um, and one more random thing about the purge valve. I've been in the building with a couple people and you can see they're getting a little worked up. Like they're not in panic mode by any means, but you can tell that they're getting a little elevated. Um, crack their purge valve open. Um, the, the act of forced breathing through a BA, like I know there's little to no effort, but when you're really worked up, just cracking that purge valve a bit, giving free flow air, it takes, I don't know what it is, but I've seen people's eyes just come back down to normal and they're right back in it. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was a little tip that, um, somebody might've mentioned to me and then I've, I've, uh, pointed that out to a few people and you, you can see them just, oh yeah, this isn't so, so bad. And then they can, you know, continue on with the drill and right. they get her done. That's good. I found with uh, with the purge valve too. Uh, I guess it depends on your specific department's procedures, but we generally gear up. Like we put our mask on as we're getting closer to the fire, getting all of our our gear on and ready to go. So we're ready to rip as soon as we stop the truck. If we're going to a farther call and you kind of miscalculate throwing your mask on, mm-hmm. I've always kind of sh- show up and I'm marked. I'm a natural sweater as it is. Mm-hmm. So my mask has been kind of sweated up or yeah. fogged up 
as I arrive on scene. Just, so just getting out of a truck. Quick little blast. Yeah. And off I go. Mm-hmm. Knowing your area, knowing <clears throat> the distance and the length it's going to take to get to the call. Um, just, we'll talk about it on the winter episode because uh, I, I laughed so hard. We, we had a newer guy come on and he is uh, quite aggressive in the back of the truck. Um, we were on our way to a mutual aid call, MVA, and we were, I was driving winter time. I'd like to say it's a 10 minute response in, in the truck. Like we're not getting there in yeah. two, three minutes. Well, we're barely off the apron and this guy's back there in full panic mode. Not panic mode, I shouldn't say that, but like he's jacked and he is he is ready. <laughs> and the back of the driver's chair is shaking three, four inch like he's just reefing on my chair. He's getting his mask on. He's he's ready. Like we got fire suppression. We got a guy ready for extrication. I mean know your distance, especially in the winter. Everything takes so much longer to get there. Just relax and like Kevin says, I'm also a natural sweater. Just like my my breathing, I take five steps, and I'm like, oh yeah. Like if if, if it's hot outside, <clears throat> instantly I'm like, oh yeah. I just got that little sweet glisten going immediately. It's annoying <laughs> as shit. The sweet glisten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I heard okay. that's uh, someone actually called that combat lubrication. One. Combat lubrication. <laughs> yeah, maybe so, I mean, that sounds a bit more badass than the way that I said it. So I don't know, man. Sweet glisten. A sweet glisten. Like a nice glow. Um, so knowing your response distance, I mean, that that comes with everything, but knowing how much longer it's going to take, don't panic leaving the hall. Like, take your time. If you are that natural, you know, sweater, that just whatever, take that extra few moments and, you know, it's a lot easier to have a discussion out of a mask on the way than it is when you're all geared up, when you know it's going to be another eight minutes before you get there. Take your time. Work with your partners behind you, beside you, wherever you are. Um, yeah, don't make the fire truck be the next call because you're <laughs> reefing on the driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know one one thing I was telling them. I usually tell the new guys is uh, it's being a combat lubrication is combat breathing, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is that uh, you you know you four in, in a breath of four in, you hold it for four out for four. Right. And that gets you settled in, and that's what the yeah. military guys use when they go to, um, when they're about to get into battle. Well, mm-hmm. when they know battle's coming, not when they get ambushed. But when you know, that's it's just that way to get. And I, I do that. I always do that when I'm, yeah. if we're going to a structure fire or something. I'm, you know, after I put my gear on, I'll sit there and I'll close my eyes and I'll combat breathe. Yeah. I'll listen to what everybody's saying, and then, and it sells me down a bit because otherwise yeah. you're just jacked. Yeah. Well, we, we had, uh, we had one member which when they got on the truck they were they were so puffing and panting when they got on the truck and we were still waiting for another member to arrive right and we were waiting for one more person to come and it was like it's okay we got time and then i'll get some water so they jumped off because it was for a wildfire jumped off grabbed some water come back and they were so hyped up by the time that person put their mask on way before we were even near the fire they had to remove it because they were just they were panting so bad they basically caused themselves to have almost a panic attack and right. they had to pull themselves out of it well, it's it's funny too like uh, <laughs> i i remember several times now i guess being not 
new, not really quite a vet. But There's air quotes going on for people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not a vet, but uh, <laughs> it's always fun watching the new guys come on, and you're like, go into that structure fire, and you're sitting there, it's like, oh, structure fire, so it's a bad. And you hear, you hear enough. where it's at, and it's like, oh yeah, it's out there. We're good, we're good. And then you're sitting there looking at the new guy, and the new guy's just ramming everything on. He's running. You're just sitting there watching, like you might have to put a hand on his shoulder, or something, mm-hmm. just like. Calm down. We got some time. We're almost there, but it, it happens so much. Everyone oh, handles yeah. adrenaline. It's sweet watching the transition. Like in myself and pe- people around. I remember first couple calls. You were that guy that was jacked, and now I'll probably be the last person in my gear if I'm in the back. Um, I'm, oh, yeah, everybody's freaking out next to me, and blah, blah, blah. I just <laughs> kind of shift it. myself over, <laughs> and be like, "All right, yeah, you can tell you're you know like a minute away from the scene is when I start to pack up because." It's a fire truck, not a limo. There's not a bunch of room. So, yeah, I will be probably the last... I will be, like, cinching up my helmet as the truck at scene. Like, it's... I don't like to give myself a whole bunch of time. And, like, Scott does his breathing. Just getting my shit on is methodical for me. So I just get nice and quiet at the very end while I'm gearing up. And he's just head down and clip, 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 making sure everything's proper. And uh, if I have a bunch of time, that's when I'll find myself having to drop my breathing level down so yeah yeah i like when the guys freak out next to me because it's that means they're gonna have their gear on way before i and then i got time like yeah. I, got, I got time and room later okay. <laughs> now, I can, now i can move around a little bit yeah because yeah. I, I and again i think when i i think each one of you guys when i first taught you about scba because i probably have taught each one of you guys scba mm-hmm. um i always say you know you look at your partner what he, whatever they're doing you do the opposite so if they're putting their tank on and they're putting their pack on you put their, your mask on yeah and vice versa, because it's like you just said, it's, it's not a whole lot of room. Yeah. And we used to have, I mean, we used to have another guy who was probably worse than the member you're talking about. Yeah. He used to stand up in the truck. Oh yeah. With the, and he's trying to put the pack on, and you like by the end of the call, um, like one of the one of the Andrews, since we have a few, he got he got a tank in the side of the head once because oh. the guy was like moving his butt around and wham, it's like what? But, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Calm the F down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite's when they're already huffing air on. <laughs> yeah, right on yeah. the air. You don't even have your mask on. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear the beep. So I turn on their air. Yeah. Beep, beep. And then they just don't realize it's them and the alarm starts going off. They're like, you're on the truck, man. You just wasted five you're minutes safe. of air. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like 15 minutes out here. You're going to be like tanked before we even get there. It's about the winter. Yeah, the <laughs> <is it>? winter. <laughs> um, oh, uh, vehicles. So other than the engines um, actually pumping water, there's also the fact of the driving in the winter. And, you know, we have the on-demand chains. And uh, I still don't know how they work. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I don't drive very often. Um <laughs> I believe they... Ash, you can take it away for the on-demand chains. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) So, for on-demand chains, uh, they're mounted underneath. They're permanently mounted to the truck. They're activated only once you're driving, and they spin. Um, You cannot activate them from a standstill. So, they work great once once the apparatus is moving, but you have to deploy them ahead of the situation. Um... So, uh, yeah, you just have to be mindful once you're driving. Yeah, this, this looks like this is sketchy. It's a, a bit of an icy slope coming up. May, maybe we should be dropping chains. Right. So as long as you're moving, they they do work wonders. But you have to be in motion. 
Right. And in one of the cities that's close to us, they have a, they keep, always keep one of their pumpers, which is in the winter. That's how I guess it's their first responding unit, um, chained up at all times. And then the other truck isn't chained. So they could chain it up, I guess, if they have to. Um, there's actually a funny story that is often told in our department from years gone by when we used to chain up our trucks for many different calls. And uh, the story goes, uh, they, they had chained up this, our truck was chained up, and uh, guys went on a call, they came back, they were unchaining it, it was mostly unchained, and one of our, one of these mem- one of our members comes in who's a trucker, and doesn't always think, didn't always think things through at the time, well, still doesn't, he's not with us anymore, he's, he's since moved on. So he comes running in, I guess. This is at our old fire hall. So I wasn't even on. Like, this is a, this is an old, old boy story. Spencer's dad's story. <laughs> and so he comes running in, I guess. And uh, he's like, I got this. I'll handle it. I'm a trucker. Remember, they just came back from the call. He thinks they need to chain up. So he starts chaining up the truck again. And, of course, Spencer's dad's like, Everyone's like, oh, what? No, he's like, no, no, let him do it. <laughs> so the guy chains up the entire truck, and then they tell him. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so I always said, I always think that's funny. But yeah. uh, we don't, we never really chain our trucks up because we have these on-demand chains. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, driving itself gets a little tricky in the winter. Yep. There's been times when we've slid into the ditches. Um <laughs> Because, I mean, we, we're going to an MVI, and usually there's a reason why it is an MVI. Because they've hit black ice, or or the snow is too deep, and they've slid off the road. Well, then we, we come trolling along, <laughs> and we're going to find the similar road conditions. Yeah. So there's been times when trucks have been stuck, mm-hmm. and we've got ourselves unstuck. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be extra careful when you park, when you're, when you're driving, because otherwise, less around. Yeah, um, I know Kevin was talking about um, safety zones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to be mindful <laughs> of our safety zones at the best of times. Of course, in the winter, things stop in a lot greater distances, so we should be mindful to make sure our safety zones are much larger. A lot of good flagging, pylons, all the all the good exciting traffic control stuff. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, true that. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, Another thing in the wintertime is uh, the ice rescues. Now, we're not specifically trained, our department isn't specifically trained for ice because we really only have one lake in the, in the area that we would yeah. respond to. However, we are swift water trained because we have rivers and such. And a lot of those skills are transferable somewhat. So, um, or sorry, maybe not skills, the gear is definitely transferable. Mm-hmm. So we have used our gear to affect an ice rescue or two in the past. Mm-hmm. So there's that's something you have to be mindful of. Obviously, if you're um, if you're like our neighbors to the south and north of us, they would they have teams that are trained for flat 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 ice rescue. Flat yeah. ice rescue. Um, we wouldn't necessarily call them in. I don't think it help us unless it was something really technical. But mm-hmm. even then, I mean, I, I'm not sure if SAR. I was just about to say, is SAR trained on ice rescue? They are. Yeah. They are. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a cool. Because just remember, yeah. you can, if you do have SAR near you, mm-hmm. as a as we had discussed, I think previously, you can actually activate SAR as a fire department. We are one of the the, the groups of people that can activate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, 
activate early if you feel like you need to because you can always call them off. Same principle with the Ritz stuff, right? That's yeah. a hell of a long time to get some food. But I mean, <laughs> uh, a couple of things we have for the ice rescue that we haven't deployed much, but uh, one thing is we have the inflatable hose, which I don't even know if you guys are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Is that like the a look at Kevin's face? I know I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it, but I don't. Yeah, so what we've done is... Is it like uh, in a closet or is yeah. it on a truck? It's, well, the the end caps are on the truck because obviously we have hose on the truck. Yeah. So um, Dennis actually fashioned it for me. Um, so That's pretty cool. What, you got the end caps and what we've done is um, just made a valve that you can attach a SCBA cylinder to. It's actually, I think it's the same attachment we use for our, um, our, airbags. our airbags. So we can fill up, um, we, we attach the um, one end of the hose touch the other end of the hose with the valve. We can fill the a two and a half inch hose up. So now you have like a, ho- a two and a half inch hose full of air and you can actually, you can link, you know, mm-hmm. 10 links together if you want. And yeah. it becomes, becomes a big giant snake and you snake it out into the, where the person's in the water. And you can actually attach a, a PFD to it. Mm-hmm. And you just snake it out into the water. <laughs> but look at Carl's face. He's never even heard of this thing. No, no. Yeah. Is this so, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm sat here thinking: Is this something that is kind of you can buy these things? Is this something that you could do? Obviously, Dennis has made one, but Dennis, Dennis again is another one of those ones yeah. we're lucky to have on the yeah. on so the team. But. It, it's another one of my was Spencer called me originally the idea man. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I was like, oh, there must be something more to a water rescue than things that we can do. There must be gadgets that we could get. And you know, I started looking on it, and I'm like, oh, what's this thing? And it's this, it's this hose, it's this inflatable hose, because, hey, we have this, we have these things in our trucks that we can inflate because we're rubber filled. Yeah. And you, you push it out into the, uh, push it out towards the, the victim. It's best if you attach something to it, like, uh, whether even if you tie a rescue strap to it, so they have something to hold on to. But it's a little bit more rigid, so when you, when you push it out to them, you can actually, um, you can, you can tag them with that hose, and then, uh, it, it floats somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then you pull them back in. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. We didn't use it on our last ice rescue. I think the guys ended up because it was more of a. I think the ice was fairly uh, weak, mm-hmm. so the guys actually ended up using like a canoe or something, or they broke the ice a little bit and they had their dry suits on. And Matt made that spectacular throw bag lob, lob yeah. to the to the victim. They pulled him out. Mm-hmm. But that is definitely the the uh, hose is definitely another option. It doesn't work so well in swift water because it's pretty. It, it's got some uh, drag to it. We oh, will, yeah. We will discuss that further. Yeah, and, and that's it. There's, I think we have enough new recruits, again, that we haven't... I mean, yeah. we're looking at It's tomorrow. not something that's been brought out, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, a few years in now, mm-hmm. and yeah. I've never even heard of this thing. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, so. perhaps we should uh, just discuss... You know, every few years, we should definitely talk about the ice rescue. Again, it's one of those... I, You know, as a training officer, I have to talk to the training section guys, and we have to figure out what is worth like we have not very much time which we've discussed yeah. before mm-hmm. and uh, is sadly it something... in the winter as a department we're even busier with a few other yeah. internal things that we yeah, put on yeah, so is it true. something that we need to spend time on since again Search only one lake see, right? and we've only had like maybe a handful yeah, of, a of ice rescues in mm-hmm. and since the fire department's even been established in the 20s so mm-hmm. you know it's something we should probably talk about more but Maybe even during swift water, we could talk about hey, this thing can come out during ice rescue. That yeah, because you're already in that mindset of, of water, water mode, rescue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chances are the swift water guys are going to be the guys that are yeah, they, out there anyways. Be, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, it was originally, uh, I think, when we first made this this hose, it was actually designed as a safety boom that we were going to 
the thought was we were going to lower we we're going to tie ropes to it and lower it over our um our low head dams that we have hmm. and throughout the river so we were going to lower it as like almost like a safety boom and then if the person's missed our uh, catchment they would end up on this boom and then hold on to it <laughs> carl carl's mind is blown well, you know you, <laughs> you know you know what happens with my brain when i start hearing these things i just go oh i wonder if anyone's done that mm. do you know what i mean like I, yeah. and I, I think of that and go oh I wonder if anyone's <laughs> actually really done that Monkey to a point yes. where you can turn <laughs> All right, it into... so we're going to go ahead and get rid of that on the podcast. <laughs> you made it Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what my brain starts to do. And I'm just like, huh. Um, so let's... Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's where my brain's going to stop for a bit. But let's... Uh, We've, we've kind of discussed a little bit the MVI stuff and is there, so obviously when it comes to, when it comes to MVIs and when it comes to the, the nasty weather that we have to deal with um, and the black ice and, and things like that, um, we have to deal with patients and patients are going to need to have an extra layer of care and extra yeah. care and attention because of obviously the difference in temperatures. So Ash, do you yeah. want to talk to that maybe a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's cold outside. It's going to be rain, snow, sleet. I mean, it's not going to be ideal conditions out, out there for them. And, you know, now they've just been in a accident. The body's in shock. There's going to be some injury. Um, you got to be mindful of patient care and, you know, whatever you're doing with them. All of our trucks have blankets on them. They have means of trying to protect, try to keep, keep them out of the elements. Uh, do our best to keep them... Um, just as, as warm as we can until we can either extricate uh, and, and hand off to uh, ambulance. Um, I think just being being mindful of that of that patient. I mean, it's minus 20, and their front windshield has been smashed. Their slide glass is out. Uh, take everything else away that could possibly be happening with their body. It's cold, and they're probably in a small shell of a jacket because they're traveling in a warm vehicle. And now it's taken us X amount of time to get there. And now we're doing the work and they're, they're going to be cold. So be really mindful with it. Um, you, you can help save a poor situation by being extra mindful of uh, patient care for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing we have with us at all times is our turnout gear, our mm-hmm. coats. So yeah. <clears throat> I obviously don't want to give it up right away, but yeah. if you, if you really had to, you could take your coat if off. You're in a pinch. I mean, yep. it's got a lot. It's, it's insulated, right? Quite insulated. So you, I mean, if you have to put it on the on the on the, on the patient, and then yeah. you go into the nice warm truck and wait mm-hmm. while everyone else works, it yeah. may have to happen because yeah. a lot of times those blankets aren't the best, and yeah. maybe they're not enough of them or mm-hmm. enough. Um, uh, and you well, know, the, yeah, yeah, and the ambulance yeah. brings blankets and such, but mm-hmm. yeah, ambulance has hypothermia kits as well. Yeah, and... but yeah, we definitely that golden hour shrinks a bit in the winter. Yeah, I think it's cold. Yeah, Absolutely. It's cold, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of these kind of a lot of these calls tend to happen at those late, early morning, early hours, right? Like yeah. in the dark, in the nothing mm. on the road kind of situations where not people are people maybe not necessarily are driving by. Right. You know, we find those cars upside down in a ditch, and maybe they've been there for a while, so they may have already been there for thirty minutes, forty-five right. minutes, regain consciousness, and now we've got a phone call, right? Yeah, mm. you know, stabilization really takes. Uh, precedent or is even more so when in these environments when it's so icy yeah because uh, you know you could start sliding on you mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a call once in the winter that was actually right near the call we had last week with the guy on the bike. I'm right. Um, right near there, and a lady had rolled her car on a very steep driveway. So she was actually upside down on a steep, steepish slope, very icy. We were, like, sliding down. We had to park the truck a fair distance off so it wouldn't slide down. And we kind of trucked down into the... We came along, like, the side where it wasn't as icy. And we actually ended up having to tie take rescue straps and tie off on off on poles, like, on, like, telephone poles and stuff, mm-hmm. and tie the vehicle off so it wouldn't slide while we were trying to get her out. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to chop any doors or anything, but we had to... She was upside down in, on her seatbelt. So we had to yeah. secure the whole entire vehicle before we could even... We kind of slid down to where she was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, helped her out of the vehicle, so that sticks. That's the total other. Throws a whole other uh, monkey in the wrench. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Monkeys and wrenches. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it, yeah, I'm just thinking there. If you're, you know, the engine's hot by the time if you're on a slope and your engine's still hot, like my car stays hot for ages, mm-hmm. you know. And if it's upside down, that packed snow ain't gonna be packed for very long with mm-hmm. that engine heating it all up, and you're gonna start seeing change. When, mm-hmm. Even when you're working around the vehicle, obviously we're stomping those that snow down and we're getting in there and it's really going to start to, to change that. You're going to be needing to check your stabilization consistently and Absolutely. maybe straps is the better way to go every time. Dig in and, and dig in strong. Um, I think one thing we you, you kind of alluded to when you know, vehicles can be left for quite some time, uh, and I know a lot of departments now are doing it, um, flagging, flagging off those vehicles. So, you know, we get called out in the morning it's it's always you know we get called out in these in these morning calls um you know black ice happened the night before all of a sudden it's you know 7:38 yeah. in the morning and suddenly we have eight motor vehicle accidents spread throughout uh our region all of them are basically you know there may be no one's in them but we have to stop check and then flag the thing so that way the uh, police don't come do the same thing, and then the ambulance doesn't come do the same thing, and any other people don't call it in. Yeah, people stop calling it in. Hopefully, yeah. So it's like, it's it's just it's just a visual that people can see. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, you know, I think we have caution tape. Yes. Police have police tape. Right, um, you know, caution tape. Yeah, so anything can really can really do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That kind of brought me back to a call we had this last winter. Same kind of thing there was lots of calls going on here there everywhere and we got a call that um oh yeah this lady found a car it was down a bank and oh yeah it wasn't there yesterday (laughs) and so we all rush out and we're trying to find it and she couldn't quite give us a good crossroad and we were looking everywhere so we knew the one road and we're all checking down the bank and finally we see this there's one car there, and it's got like a foot of snow on it. <laughs> just yeah. happened. And, yeah, just she's, happened. she's waving. It just happened. Like it wasn't there yesterday. It's like, well, there's a foot of snow on it, so yeah, it's probably been there. You're right. But it wasn't there yesterday. It was there three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I still remember that. That was my one one of my great all time. Uh, radio moments. Yeah, no, this has been here for a minute. Yeah. And we're like, a minute? <laughs> and someone's like, yeah, uh, he means it's been there for a while. <laughs> so don't use slang on the radio, kids. <laughs> well, there yeah. you have it, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I think that's all we got time for this evening. So we're going to call it there. So, Ash. Okay. Scott. Yes. Yeah, just-
Check you later. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have to do now? I'm told. It has been a great pleasure speaking with you fine gentlemen this evening. He's still high on his morphine. <laughs> Stay safe out there, folks. Stay safe. Where is going? <laughs>